Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. Well, spring is upon us, and depending where you live, well, my Australian listeners might find it fall, but it is spring, and seasonal changes allow us each to think about what is to come. And frankly, spring is my least favorite season because where I live in Wisconsin, it is completely unpredictable. Heck, last week it snowed for three days in a row, and today, well, today it was 71 degrees. I'll get excited about it. I'll put out the lawn furniture. And then it'll probably snow later again this week. But all of that change and unpredictability got me thinking about us and how life is unpredictable. And more importantly, how unpredictable we can be to others. As I was thinking about all of this, I was in the audience as Patrick Lencioni, the author of several great books like The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, was speaking to us about our ability to lead others and work with others. And his new book that is coming out this fall was all about it. And I was really intrigued by his ideas about working geniuses. However, about 30 minutes into his discussion, he said something that struck me hard. He said we all work too much in our areas of frustration. He went on to explain that we all have certain areas of work and life that we can't avoid, yet only we find ourselves having some bad moments of frustration when we get stuck doing work that we are frustrated with, and that causes all types of issues. It really got me thinking about a lot of you and myself. I mean, when I'm trapped in a meeting where I have to listen to a discussion about getting ready for another meeting, I'm losing my mind. A meeting for a meeting? Really? When I'm in a staff development or a training that does not at all relate to me, but I'm told I have to be there, I am staring through the soul of whoever is presenting. And if I have to sit and listen to two or three people argue about a word, well, I suddenly have a phone call that I absolutely have to take. Because there are things in our worlds and lives that we are not only bad at, but others think that we can do and we can't, and we hate doing them. And that leads us to frustration. There are people with skill and no will. And there are people with the will to do it and no skill. And there are people with skill and will. And then there are people with neither the skill nor the will. But there are also a lot of other factors that go into our ability to be our best and lead with influence and lead without frustration. These conditions are what I want to explore and a tool I developed right in the middle of Patrick Lencioni's presentation. Sorry, Patrick, but when I get a spark, I burn. A few hours later, another speaker came to the stage and he shared a story about how his wife had thrown a surprise birthday party for him. And when he walked in, he had a really weird moment because she had invited a few different groups from his life. And at that moment, he began to realize who was all in the room. Because it struck him that he was a different person for each of those groups. And he was trying to figure out, which one am I going to be with all of these people? That is something that happens to a lot of us. But this fueled my desire to discuss you and me being our authentic self, being our authentic you. Because I think a lot of people have personalities in different environments. However, 
a huge issue with people who learn and work together is the amount of time it takes to develop a trusting and honest relationship. And too often we keep our cards close to the vest and then others develop a story about us and many times we can't grow past the impressions others have made of us. So maybe we need to be a little bit better at writing the story and including others. Now, there are a million tools out there that you can walk into a room and use and assume everyone knows what you're talking about. And those same tools can often just propel weird narratives about you with others. Or sometimes people use them, those tools, as an excuse to act in a certain way. Well, as everyone knows, I'm an extrovert, so that gives me permission to just be obnoxious. (laughs) That drives me nuts when that happens. But remember... We're leaders, and it is our job to create the conditions so that others are successful. A process is always helpful, and that will allow people to be more authentic, support reflection, and get people where they need to be so they have the strength to charge into the storms they are facing. Buffaloes go to the storms they are facing, and leaders are empathetic to others and reflective. So let's look at a tool here. Of course, I need to tell a little story of why these conversations and these tools are so important and rewarding. I've always been filled with energy, too much, and I think and process very quickly. I know that about myself now, but when I was younger, I thought everyone must be like me, and when they weren't, I just thought others were holding back. This came to my full attention when I became a hierarchical leader and given oversight of others. I was expected to be a colleague to like-level leaders and be a team player. Five or six years into my work in one place, I had come across a book on organizational styles and asked that a group of us read it. I was facilitating the learning, and one of my colleagues, who I would have described as having kind of a chilled relationship between the two of us, well, she was sitting next to me. Weirdly, both of us were liked by most of the people in the room, and yet we just never seemed to find a way to empathize for each other. We are going through this tool and each of us are disclosing our styles and our categories. And Tracy, well, she discloses hers. She's a strong system person, strict in rule following, trusted slowly and then with deep loyalty once she trusted you. Strong hearted, deeply caring, intelligent, organized, thoughtful and reflective or something like that from my memory. And I'm like, hmm, I saw her differently immediately just by her disclosing more about herself. She was hesitant to share those details because she was more of a professional introvert. She liked to sit back and contributed passionately when she needed to and wanted to, and she always used her time efficiently. Then I went. (laughs) It was something like energetic, disorganized, big picture, extrovert, quick-witted, and even quicker to come to conclusions, bored with status quo, loves to build but not maintain, and I went on. And she was sitting right next to me, and when I was done, she gently put her hand on my forearm. She leaned over to me in a very caring way and said, Now I get it. I was driving her nuts and she was driving me nuts for our entire professional career together. She was looking at me as some sort of a joking charmer who took very little seriously, and I was seeing her as someone who was so serious and stuck in her commitments. We just needed to have the conversation about what and who we were. Five years, five years we sat in meetings together, irritating each other because All the time we were together, we just looked at the world differently and refused to understand each other. In 15 minutes, we undid all of that and became fast advocates for each other and slowly learned how to use our skills to benefit others 
and ourselves. We both advanced up the career ladder and she became one of my most trusted colleagues. And today she's thriving, not because of me, because of what we learned in that moment. Relationships are important, yes, but speeding to understanding is even more critical. How many people do you support or serve or sit next to or teach or learn with that drive you crazy? Too many. And most of the time, it's because we have assumptions about each other, our motivations, or we just can't seem to be our true authentic self in front of others. Now, being authentic, well, that's difficult. It takes courage and makes us vulnerable. I mean, what if I'm actually myself in front of others and they don't like me? is a commonly thought of fear. What if I share what bothers me and others are offended? Oh, man. We lack courage mostly for fears we have about things not being accepted that are never going to happen. We need to speed up the trust and empathy process. Now, years back, I had designed a teaming tool and process where we used to put up poster pads and go through all of these different scales. And I think that speed to trust tool is important and it builds empathy. Well, I made a miniature version of it. We're going to walk through that right now. And we'll create a two-page tool for you in this week's TH3 for you to use with your teams, colleagues, students, whomever. It's important for you to teach other leaders how to be the authentic version of themselves by understanding who they are and then giving them the courage to share who they are. I'm going to explain the why behind each of the areas and ask you to use the tool to be more authentic with others. After all, if we work too much in what frustrates us, then we need to take the initiative to reduce the work that bothers us in conditions that make it frustrating. We control, we control our own engagement. We control our happiness. And that all comes down to choice. So let's review it. Here we go. The first area of reflection for you to disclose is your personality type from these three choices. Are you an extrovert, an ambivert, or an introvert? An extrovert, outgoing and overtly expressive. An ambivert, a person who has a balance of both introvert and extrovert behaviors and can be what they need to be in whatever environment they need it. Or are you an introvert, a shy person who's not always comfortable revealing much? There is not one that is better than the other. But what is important is the ability to discuss what you are. Now, I'm married to a social introvert, and she is often mistaken for kind of being stuck up as a result of her natural need to just sit back in the shadows. She doesn't openly and quickly go up and introduce herself to others, but put her, put Megan in an environment that she can predict and around people she knows, and she accelerates to party Megan. Give her a microphone, a margarita, and play the Jackson 5? <laughs> Buy a ticket, because you're in for a show. But drop her in an unknown situation with people she's never met, and then expect her to collaborate and take risks? Well, that's just not going to happen. That's going to lead to frustration. She won't be authentic. Yet others will be in that same room who are extroverted, quick thinkers, and they'll dominate, get their way, and unknowingly walk away, frustrating a lot of people in the room who just needed time to process. Extroverts often leave rooms saying things like, what was wrong with everyone in there? They were so quiet. While introverts walk out texting the other introverts, I could barely breathe in there. That guy took all the oxygen. If we can get out of the impressions of others and be authentic and share which we are, people will be like, okay, I get it. And then a norm can be established to support us. 
If there are 19 introverts and one extrovert, we need to indicate that we need a tool and we need process time and we need to do things to make ourselves comfortable so that we can all contribute equally. The extrovert can lead out the discussion, but then needs to get out of the way so the introverts can process and get their ideas out because that's what makes it successful, respectful, and authentic. Let me give you an example. Grading people for participation or evaluating people for their contributions in meetings is only adding to the stress and not getting the best out of the people. It's crushing someone's spirit and creating anxiety. Now, the next one we want to share in order to be authentic is your willingness to take risks. It's a simple scale. It goes from averse to love it. People need to share this. It's not bad to be on either side, but if you are conservative and challenging things by nature and taking risks makes you nervous, well, tell us. And if you love risks, tell us. We need to temper that by creating norms around it. Too often people who are on either end of the spectrum, well, they leave the room and work to disrupt whatever was decided because they didn't have the courage to be authentic in the room and as a result are now working outside the room. There's not a better position to be in on this scale but there is a bad position. And that is when a group has falsely committed to something just so that they can get out of the room. The next disclosure after risk is comfort with change. Holy guacamole, has this been a struggle for me over the course of my life? If I could, I'd change everything every day. And others will work equally as hard to lock in the status quo. But we both see each other as a problem instead of a compliment. A scaled score of where you fall on the willingness to change or implement change is critical. Think about this. Do you ever talk about this? I love change. I hate change. The scale shows this. Change creates significant frustration for me. All the way over to the other side to change creates significant energy for me. That's it. Change agents and maintainers have a lot of conflict because they never say how they see change. Is it draining or is it exciting? This leads us to be able to have the conversations about creating the conditions and skills so that others will change or others won't change. Yeah, I said won't. Sometimes things are working and we all know it. And those status quo fighters need to be put in charge. And very simply, left alone. Now the next scale is conflict. Would you believe that there are people who actually thrive on conflict? (laughs) That they enjoy a good scrap? Yeah, I know you know there are people like that. But the question that is scaled is when you see conflict coming, what do you do? Do you avoid, observe, or engage? That's it. That's all you do. You know who you are and why. But I don't. So if I see you constantly engaging in conflict, I may mistake you for something else. And if I see you always avoiding it, well, I will make other judgments. And if I see you sitting there staring and looking frozen, I wonder, what is wrong with them? We work too much in areas that frustrate us. People who try to avoid conflict being sent to deal with conflict are frustrated and then sent in to fail. Disclose who you are and be authentic. No one's going to judge you. We're going to run and charge with you. In nature, there are three behaviors of animals under threat. Fight, freeze, or flight. Why would we be any different as people? Rabbits always freeze momentarily when they're under threat to figure out what they're going to do. 
So when you and I have conflict, there are people who just seem to freeze and get wide-eyed, others who get up and leave, and others yet who see everything like we're in the Roman Colosseum. Let's go. (laughs) That's okay, but we need to be authentic, disclose who we are, and own it as a group. There's not one behavior that is better than the other. We just all want to survive. Three more. Organization. There's a lot of conflict when it comes to organizational styles. I'm incredibly organized in my head, but if you want something on my computer or the G drive, well, (laughs) that's going to take me a bit. Now others, well, I'm amazed when I watch someone open a file to open another file to open another file to open yet another file, and then they find the document right away. That's like a magic trick to me. As a result, that type of person thinks I'm highly disorganized and I think the other person needs to get a life. I'm often embarrassed when looking for things around people who can actually use a trapper keeper. And I know they're frustrated that I'm not more organized in their way. But it's okay. Be authentic and disclose your organizational style from the start. That way, the people who love to be organized will self-delegate those responsibilities onto themselves, and those that hate it, they can get rid of it. The next authentic disclosure. Are you ready for this one? The person closest to me in my life would say that I am selfish at times or selfless at times. There's really no explanation needed for this one or reason to discuss it much as a group. It's not right or wrong. People often feel they're taken advantage of because of these two ways we prioritize. I put myself and my health and well-being above serving others or this team. Or I put my health and well-being second to those on this team. It's okay either way. It's just important to be authentic. It's not selfish or selfless. It just is. Next, time. On the scale, never enough, please get to the point. All the way over to the other extreme, have I ever told you about the time? People have placed value on time, and it can be really frustrating to some to have to give so much to others, and yet others want to use that time to weave deeper social patterns on their teams. Be authentic and create norms around time. Establish a norm like limited chatter, five minutes a person for check-in, or things like early is on time, on time is late, late is fired. If you don't have these conversations, you will be frustrated. You will not be your authentic self. Now, the last one, and it's not more important than others, but it's last for a reason, because it's trust, the base of all of it. It's a simple scale. On the left-hand side, a one, I build trust over long periods of time with people, all the way over to the opposite extreme, which is, hey, nice to meet you. Here are my car keys. Trust is a funny thing on teams. People weary of trust tend to think highly trusting people are aloof and foolish, while highly trusting people think slow to trust people are villains with something to hide. Trust is the base, but disclosing all of these things to those you are around is really important, no matter where you are in the relationships, because this is leadership. It is authentic, and it positions you to avoid working in the areas of your frustration. When you delegate a presentation to an introvert who is slow to trust, they're in their zone of frustration. When you ask an extrovert with organizational issues to sit in a cubicle and create spreadsheet for hours upon hours, you've created frustration. And when you don't advocate for yourself so that you can be authentic, 
you are a large owner of your frustration. Proactivity? Well, it fuels optimism and allows you to be authentic. Now, at the end of these scales, there are five final questions to round out the authentic Buffalo process. And they are this. On a scale of one to five, with one being never and five being very, how would you score these? With this group team or class, I am respected. I am heard. I am appreciated. I belong. I am my authentic self. Each one is answered with a scaled score and has a plus delta below it so that you can say what is going well and identify what needs to be changed or challenged so that you can increase your score all the way up to a five. The authentic Buffalo process is a speed to trust tool. It's smart thinking and it's an opportunity for you to position yourself for success by increasing the likelihood that you can be your true self and avoid the work that frustrates you. Try it with others and have the right conversations. Break through preconceived stories and overcome the stereotypes that are driving you away from your own authenticity. So let's do some smart thinking. List the groups, teams, or classes that could benefit from the authentic Buffalo process. Describe the benefits of advocating for yourself. And finally, list others that would benefit from the opportunity to engage in the authentic Buffalo process. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, thank you for listening, and please rate this episode and the podcast. I appreciate you listening and hope that you engage in the tools that we create for you. They can all be found on the CISA 6 website, and you just have to search for TH3, and you can sign up for them to be emailed to you. Also, and always, thank you to the Well Pennies for their great music. Please follow them on your music platform. Okay, as we close out the smart thinking, I want to have you end it by thinking about what frustrates you in your work and life. And then look for the root. Most of what is bothering us is because we are choosing to either allow it to happen, we are ignoring it, or we are choosing to work within it. Fix what's bothering you and race to processes that allow you to be your authentic self. Now, I say that because some of us work and learn in environments where maybe everyone else is not the issue and our authentic self is not a fit. Sometimes we need to self-select into or out of the places where we are and we are not accepted. And that is why the last five questions are important. If you score low and do not feel heard, respected, appreciated, and that you don't belong, then guess what? You don't belong. And it's time to charge into a new storm. I meet a lot of people and I'm amazed by some people and how they can evolve away from their authentic self and then wallow in misery. Those cows, those cows that we look down upon may just need a tool like this one, the one we talked about so they can discover a new path and maybe learn to charge into the storm. It may or may not be you, but at the end of every day, we need to reflect and determine if we were three things. Was I authentic? Was I impactful? And was I engaged? If the answer is no, seek a new storm to charge into. And if the answers were yes, well, now you get to do tomorrow what you got to do today, right? Yeah, you get to do it all over again in your highly engaged, authentic, and beautiful way as you. Talking over tape delay following me anyway through a lack of conversation living through a telephone shame I was
feel alone in a fog of all the information and hearts are a mess and never see in the fall I confess falls in between and you're there Stand by me Remotely still And we are Strange chemistry Every part I bleed Reacting well Acting like we never met Burning like a cigarette But the high is always missing something Love is not a guarantee Staring right in front of me Cause the silence always leaves me wanting And hearts are a mess Never seen in the fault I confess falls in between, and you're there, cold and Come and stand by me, remotely still, and we are. Part I bleed, reacting well. Reacting love